Okay, cue jingle. Cue jingle. There it is. Hello, Jonathan. Greg. Hey, long time. No I know. Tasty Gents took a bit of a hiatus. We were both out on the road in research mode, researching for this podcast, primarily. Always. That's all we do. That's right. That's right. Whether we're talking about food or our emotional states, it's all research for this. That's all I'm doing right now. That's what we're into. Yeah. And I was in, so I was in Florida for much of the last block of time. And then you and your lovely bride were in Europe. Yes, we took a two-week trip through uh, through Portugal and Spain, and uh, we had a fantastic time. And it kind of led up to our topic for today, which, yes. uh, if you want, I'll introduce it, is um, unsightly tan lines and how to avoid them. <laughs> is it, oh, no, wait. Wait, I'm getting this in from our crew. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not that. It's paella. Right, not I'm sorry. That's it. Not not the tan lines. That's next one. Okay. So paella. We're going to talk about uh, and paella. and and paella. You you have a lot of paella experience. Mm-hmm. I do, and I will say, <laughs> there are people who who uh, let's assume anyone hears this besides us. At least one person <laughs> is going to hear this and think, "Wow, an entire conversation dedicated to paella." Yes, yes. Because there's a lot to say. And and oh by way gosh. of introduction, I will say that uh, when I recently sold uh, my home in Seattle, um, I had to divest myself of three paella pans. By the way, that was not all of my paella pans. Oh, my. I got rid of three of them. I had one that would easily have served and did serve 20 people. So the, the big, the middle, and the small, all my paella pans I had to get rid of. And I had a dedicated outdoor burner it was a two ring burner um a propane burner <clears throat> for yeah. the purpose of making paella outside in the backyard and i have i have used it so i had a significant investment in paella equipment uh in my in my previous house and have made it a number of times and i'm a huge fan oh my gosh i love that i love yeah. that. I, I could just picture you with those burners and this huge thing and you know and you had to have one of those really big stirring Spoons, yes. right? Like a like a boat, basically yes. a boat oar. <laughs> like it was like the, a boat oar. It was sort yeah. of in between boat oar and normal wooden spoon. Um right. but uh yeah, it was it was it was something. And yeah, I just feel like I get I get so excited about 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 paella. Yeah, for, um, and for our listeners who can't see Greg right now, like he is jittery. <laughs> he is he is so excited. I'm watching him. Just go crazy over this. So, this at the risk of me entirely uh, dominating the conversation with my own experiences with Paya, mm-hmm. tell me about yours. What made you this past visit to to Spain, mm-hmm. perhaps, or anywhere else? What what brings this to you as something for us to talk about today? Well, so 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 my my uh, second duty station when I was in the Navy was in Spain, and I spent oh. uh, three years there. We were stationed in a small town called Rota, R O T A. And um, they had a really nice welcome to the community event. So as you as you onboard and they show you the place and you get a tour and yada yada all that <clears> stuff, because you're in Spain, they they want to introduce you to some of the things that are Spain's kind of famous for, right? So they we yeah. went through these things and we talked about some of the history, but then we all went in the back and they had one of these large feeds twenty people paella pans. And oh it was bubbling up with this delicious uh, mix of rice and they had seafood and they had chicken and they had, you know, uh, sausage and everything in there. Every, everything was in there. 
And it was a hit for me. That was it. Like I was sold. I said, I never want anything else again. This is it. I love it. Um, so, so, so that really kicked it off for me. And when I, and over the years <clears> that I spent there, my friends and I did a couple of food tours, uh, around the region. So we did one that was just, uh, gazpacho. So gazpacho is also another Ooh. wonderful thing in Spain and different towns do gazpacho differently. And they also different yeah. towns do paella differently. And yeah. so of course, the closer to the water you are, there's more seafood, the closer inland, usually there's less right. and you have more chicken and, and meats and sausages. So we we did this a few a couple of times and uh to the point where our wives were like you need to step you need to take us first off because it was a guy's thing like <laughs> yeah. that but then right. i thought you know of all the guys trips that the guys that, that a bunch of group of guys in their 20s could be doing this is like the most innocent thing that we could be doing is running around you it's know eating spacho, eating by it, right i mean a bunch of infit navy guys and we're just like let's go get some more rice <laughs> like no like i think it was the most innocent thing uh and we had it and we just had a great time uh, and more recently, in this trip that I just took with that Andrew and I went, and it was a guided tour uh, through this great company, and we had a wonderful time. We had all the paella. Um, our favorite, and from our honeymoon, we had tried it, and it was in Barcelona, uh, was ink squid paella. So it was black, black rice, and uh, it has lots of Ooh. fish in it and all this other stuff. And it was just, it was just incredible. Now I've got a whole terrible story that i shared with you about what happened afterwards and later but that was just over consuming <laughs> yeah. and um i would just say don't drink uh whiskey uh go to an 80s dance theme and then drink and then smoke a cuban cigar when all you've had is sangria and paella that day maybe i think maybe that's, don't do that. that's solid advice and what i appreciate about that advice is none of it is metaphoric none of it oh. is it yeah what does what does squid ink taste like no, for like, it, it, it yeah, yeah, it's a good. It adds kind of a salty, earthy note to uh, to 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 the rice for me. Um, yeah. And uh, but 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 the, and it's great. We love it. It's kind of nutty. It's kind of earthy. And uh, but it does. It is an ink. And so you gotta you gotta be careful. Um, and if you're gonna do it often, start carrying one of those tiny little toothbrushes because you're gonna have black teeth. Oh, for the rest of the night. Oh, it'll stain. Yeah, it'll stain. Don't wear your favorite white shirt. If you're a sloppy eater like me, you know, be be, be careful. Yeah, I was gonna say, I went to dinner with somebody the other night. We were at, we were eating Italian, and there was red sauce, and this person mm. had worn a white shirt. And I was like, why would you do that? Why would you wear white to eat something that you knew was gonna splash? Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's good advice. Uh, that is an excellent paella origin story. It is, you know. So and, and speaking of origin stories, most people I know that when you think of paella, most people, especially outside of Spain, think it's a Spanish national dish. And they're, yeah. they're kind of right. I mean, it, it's it's easily identifiable with, with with Spain as a country. But if you are a Spaniard, then when you think of paella, you think of the the, the city of Valencia, which is where paella is from, yes. which is like on the southeastern coast of the Mediterranean, kind of across from Ibiza and Palma, the, the islands. Mm -hmm. So it's it's uh, and and they're they're very proud of it. Um, and they yeah. and, and and there's and they have a, a quite a variety of paellas in the in, in their town. But it's um, but but paella and gazpacho, these were not rich people foods right this is right. the food of the people so i love and yes. uh and it really took off and because because the, because it was something that was affordable to the people uh the people ate it right and then and then travelers ate it and 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 here we are now with the national dish yeah. so well and i favorites. think i'm gonna working from memory and then I'll, I'll describe my own sort of introduction to the dish so from memory it was very much a uh it if i'm not wrong a chef like a shepherd's 
dish. And so shepherds would be out in the field with a flock and they would carry, they would carry rice with them. And then they would, uh, and rabbit is very common as, as a traditional uh, meat in Paella. And so they would, you know, I guess snare a rabbit, kill some, some fashion, kill a rabbit. Um, and sort of include that because it could all be done over a campfire. And I think that's, and we'll talk about yeah. the, the cooking method and the, and the way that the sort of crispy bottom of the rice is part of the overall experience. And, oh, yeah. and that that used to come from uh, it being cooked over an open fire. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, I've, I've spent some, <laughs> I've spent an inordinate amount of time trying to recreate that experience. Um, but I'll tell you, so my own, my own sort <laughs> of origin story, if you will, with this dish, I grew up in Miami. And so uh, I lived in Miami for from the age of four to about the age of 24. And Miami is an, is an amazing city for a long list of reasons. Um, I've been gone from there since then, uh, gosh, early 90s. Um, but there's a large Cuban population in the city of Miami, large Central American, South American as well, but really strongly Cuban um, from right, right. two different two different time frames. There was a group of uh, Cubans that came over to Miami in the 1960s, and then the group that came over in the 1980s. Um, and, and so what that means is that there is a, a neighborhood, there are large chunks of Miami that are predominantly Cuban in the center of one of those neighborhoods in called Little Havana, mm-hmm. actually, um, was uh, 8th Street. And so 8th Street or Calle Ocho, which means 8th Street, uh, has a festival every year. And so the Calle Ocho Festival was, um, was a celebration of Cuban culture and food. And I, to your point, Paella is not a traditionally, or at least not originally, a Cuban food. But you know, Spanish is the language that people in Cuba speak, and I, I have to believe that that comes from um, Spanish uh, um, settlers who maybe came to that island first. But one of the things I remember early on living in Miami was that this Calle Ocho festival and those big giant pans of paella and the big boat or that they would use to stir it and you know and then they scoop oh, yeah. out a little bit um, and hand it to you so of course it's miami so there's seafood and and you know and chicken and sausage and all the things and we we've, we've talked about seafood here's an aside by the way mm-hmm. uh it we, we did our our fish in the desert um episode of course and one of the things we talked about uh was bougie tuna um, oh yeah and that was in fact, the title of that episode, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was my dedication, and really there's no better word for it, dedication to tuna salad. Uh, and I will say <laughs> now in a, in a in a call out to my friends, Bill and Greg, who listened to that episode and as a result sent me some of the tuna that they love the most, oh. their own version of bougie tuna um, that I have tried. And so if we roll back around uh, to another episode, we'll, we can do a baseline again, because I have, of course, now used the tuna they sent in, in making tuna salad and making tu- a tuna melt because those are the the baseline experiences for tuna for me I'm doing a whole sort of data collection on, on tuna salad so that was thanks to bill and greg for the tuna they sent in response to bougie tuna back then to paella in miami <clears throat> and the seafood that was in that um uh in that that version so when i lived in seattle i was uh there was a, a store in the uh, pike place market called the spanish table Yes, and they I know featured a yeah. They featured a lot of paella stuff, and that was what first made me think like, oh, I could make this. And um, my first, a first number of the ones that I made were were real, you know, what you might call traditional, a lot of seafood and chicken and sausage. Yeah, and right. I, I ended up varying those a lot over time um, for different audiences. So I had folks who were vegetarian, and so I made uh, a bean 
like a, a, a big white bean. They have a name. I'm forgetting right now. Um, uh, a white bean and and bitter greens paella that was amazing with kind of a mushroom broth base. Um, and then uh, have done this, the seafood version, which, you know, wins for visual appeal because of something about having muscles, you know, like just oh. when they've, when they've, when they've opened and they're, they're cooked beautifully and they're sort of plucked in, in the large display. Yada, yada, yada. It's yeah. wonderful to look at. It's a lot more hassle. Muscles take more effort and work yes. to clean and prep. And so I've fallen into a habit on my own when, when I make paella, uh, I'm making it with chicken and sausage, only chicken and sausage, because those are um, really easy to, to get and easy to manage. Uh, they're cheaper, frankly. Um, right, and sure. uh, they freeze really well. So, and that's yeah, always a yeah. thing for me is I love leftovers. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That, that, so that was my introduction was that, that Kaya Ocho festival uh, and uh, uh, the little, you know, scoop outs, of of that delicious paella um in yeah. a paper bowl that i could eat while i listened to uh oh. cuban music afro-caribbean music which is also pretty amazing yeah oh my gosh what a memory so i can, I, I can just picture that it's really a good one yeah miami is a, again there's a lot to love about miami a lot to not love about miami and and uh i you know i lived there for enough time <laughs> but <laughs> cuban food and cuban yeah. culture is is definitely a thing that I enjoyed about my time there. Fantastic. So when yeah. you make when you yes. make paella, um, yes, run, run through me some of the some of the spices. I mean, sa saffron, sure, but like, what else yep. do you like to do? So uh, saffron is probably the big one. Um, <clears throat> spice wise, I actually like a little bit of hot sauce, and Tabasco is my favorite hot sauce. Oh yeah. So um, not so much that it. When I make it, um, nobody should be able to say, I can tell there's Tabasco in here. It just kind of, it's it's pepper, right? And so peppers are so present in uh, in Mediterranean cooking, Latin American cooking, and Central American yeah. cooking. Um, yeah. And so uh, the cayenne that gets used in Tabasco is a, is a really important flavor profile that's in there. So obviously salt and pepper, um, and then aromatics, you know, onions and peppers, uh, bell peppers rather. But in addition to saffron um, and Tabasco sauce, gosh, really? That and salt and pepper. That's kind of it. Paprika yeah, is probably yeah. the other one. But again, paprika is is yet another pepper um, that just kind of brings. And I like smoked paprika in my mm. um, in my paella. And in fact, the sausage that I use, it'll be interesting to see if I can find it here in Palm Springs because. I was I had one market in Seattle where they had exactly the sausage I wanted. It was Spanish, um, a, a dried Spanish chorizo, which is really different than Mexican chorizo, um, yeah. and that's the sausage that I've used for years. And I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find it here, but it'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, I wonder if you could have it shipped, maybe. I'm sure I could. Yeah, yeah. but it feels like an adventure to go looking for it. Um, oh sure, yeah, yeah. And so then, so method wise, and so okay, so. <clears throat> The, the ingredients that I have used traditionally, so um, onions and pepper, onions and bell pepper. And I like orange or red bell pepper because mm. it just adds great color. Um, yeah. Pimiento peppers are traditional and taste wonderful as well. They're not always as easy to find. They're usually jarred if you find them. Um, and they're great to add. I still do uh, bell pepper and I still do onion. Um, and so my typical method is to, uh, in whatever pan I've got, and despite me saying 
like the, the number of, I had three Paya pans in, in Seattle for, for different size uh, groups. You can make this in a skillet with no difficulty whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so uh, brown the onion and the, gar- there it is, onion and garlic and bell mm-hmm. pepper um, in some oil. And then I like, when I made it with this sausage, um, it, it was a dried chorizo anyways, which, and I say anyway, because that means it had a little chew to it. It wasn't crumbly um, in the way that you might expect from um, from a, a more a, a traditional Mexican chorizo, right. which is softer. Um, yeah. So dried, so it was a little bit tough. I, even with that, I liked to get a little crust on it. So once I sauteed the uh, onion and bell pepper, um, and garlic, then I would put that sausage in and just get a little extra crust on it. And then, um, the chicken, just because I would use, so I use chicken thighs, chicken thighs are great in a recipe like this because Mm -hmm. they will hold their moisture much, much better than, um, than chicken breasts will. I am not a fan of chicken breasts. I will say it out loud. Anyone can disagree with me if they want. I'm a a leg and thigh man myself. Yeah. Leg and thigh man. Um, chicken breasts overall are there the texture is okay is fine i find them almost always tasteless so yeah i take chicken thighs i do them in the oven so brown them in the oven to get a bit of crisp on them um because to do them on the stovetop just makes such a profound mess so True. brown the chicken thighs in the oven to get the kind of crispy edges on them uh and then chop them up um and then they get, they'll get added at the end so sausages in peppers are in uh, and then um, whatever kind of broth I'm going to use, it's, you know, water definitely works. If I make vegetarian paella that doesn't have chicken and sausage in it, um, veggie broth is great or mushroom broth is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, or just chicken broth. And so then the, the rice is really important. So arborio rice uh, is really is really common. And I think I think maybe the most common. Mm-hmm. And then there's a yeah. Valencia brand. Maybe Valencia is the brand and arborio is the style. Somebody will correct me. So then once you once I've got all my stuff in there, I get a, a little a little edge on the sausage. Um, then I pour the whatever my rice amount is. And then at that point, it starts to get a little bit like risotto. So right. ladle in some of the broth or the liquid and stir it around. And as the rice absorbs the liquid, just keep adding more liquid and stirring and adding and stirring and adding. Um, and I forgot this part, but uh, the first bit of broth that I add has uh, will have had the saffron dissolved in it so get my saffron threads dissolve it into broth into a heated broth so that it kind of gets that really rich yellow and then that's what ends up coloring the rice and flavoring the dish um, going forward and then you know so you let it simmer until uh until the rice is is maybe two-thirds done and then i bring the the chicken in and so the chicken gets stirred in um and it, it whatever cooking didn't get finished in the oven gets finished uh, in the broth. And then the last thing is that crust on the bottom, that socarat, uh, which you just get by letting it stay over the, um, over the heat source until it gets a little bit of a brown crust on the bottom. Mm. That's it in a nutshell, in a paella shell. Um, I feel like I rambled on and on and on, but now I'm excited to make it. I'm starving. I cannot wait. (laughs) I I have not had my seat today and you're talking about this and I'm, (laughs) I'm I'm going on mute because I'm dabbing the corners of my mouth with this this cloth I have. Like, Start watching Jonathan salivating. Don't, don't look at this. Yeah, thank goodness yeah. is on. A, yeah, this is just audio. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing that we noted as we because we were on this tour and so we had this guide um, and he was yeah. fantastic. He, he's brilliant and and his, and and he was uh, obviously very knowledgeable. 
we asked about um, somebody was asking about mm-hmm. what he how he likes to make paella. Yeah. His answer was he doesn't because there's so many places to buy it that do a great job. So he doesn't do it at all. But he loves yeah. it. But but when he did his mother, he grew up with his mother making it. Um, he said because uh, somebody said, "Well, saffron's so expensive to use it to use it, and then you know it gets used, and and then you you eat it or you take it out and throw it away." And he he stood up stock straight. And he goes, "Throw it away? No." He said, "You're you're using it wrong." So he says that he would take it, steep it in the broth or something in a bag yeah. for that period of time, remove it, and then dry those threads, and then just use them again and again until until you use oh. it to the point where it no longer gives off color. Then they're done because you can use that time really and time again. Interesting. I never knew I, that so until he said that. that. Yeah. Now that said, yeah, saffron's expensive, but I don't think I've ever, well, maybe like maybe one time have I used an entire jar of saffron. So, you know, you spend 25 bucks on a jar of saffron and that, but then it'll like a, a standard, you know, paella for three or four people might use four threads. And so right. those four thread, I, so I crumble them and then let them steep in the, in the liquid. But then the others just stay in the jar until the next time. I've never yeah, sure. used saffron where it's, where, I mean, where it was, bad and maybe i don't know what that even means but uh, i haven't thought about using more threads and steeping them and then letting them dry out again dry that's, them great that's, idea. What, that's what he said to do and and he's and then he t- and then he went on uh, luckily we had several hours uh, of bus time because he filled it with um with all the things that you have to do and how and how difficult it is to get saffron and, and the threads and funny and and then he anyway it was it was actually really informational for all of us most of the bus went to sleep but I'm back there taking notes. I'm raising my hand like a little kid in school. I'm like, oh, great. raising then, your yeah. hand. Uh, oh, of course that. I did. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, great saffron. Um, it's 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 a miracle. It is kind of a miracle, and it's it's like the it's the it's the inside part of a of a certain flower, isn't it? It is. It's dried, and yeah. I forget. We we might have to look that up and look back and, and and bring it back to you because I remember that it's one of those things that's super laborious to collect and that's why it's so expensive. But um, but it's a really important flavor. Now that said, um, I have I have made paella without. I mean, at the end of the day, right? So once you do, here's the thing I always think, right? So yeah. the first time you make paella, you know, go, get the saffron, get the mussels, get the shrimp, you know, mm-hmm. get the sauce, mm-hmm. like do it mm-hmm. all. Make it exactly as you see on TV and then get creative because at at its base, to your point, it's a, it's a peasant dish. It's a rice dish. Yeah. It's rice with, with local fresh uh, spices and ingredients. And so I've made, uh, like I said, a a big white bean and, uh, and kale. Um, It was white bean and kale and, and mushrooms. There it is. Mm. Uh, Paya. That was amazing. Um, I had friends uh, over who were vegetarian. <clears throat> As I said, I make it with chicken and sausage only, which makes it almost more like um, a jambalaya or a, um, yeah. or something, you know, like more Louisiana yeah. dish. I made it there in ways that are all seafood um, and, and I varied the seafood based on where I am. So there's something really fun about just deciding that you want to make this peasant rice dish with whatever yeah. ingredients you have around and then making sure, you know, like, get that saccharat that crusty bit on the bottom because it because you're going to love it and anybody you know the first time you make it for people and you say oh i'm actually i'm kind of letting it get crispy on the bottom and people be like ah it's burning you know and then they get over it the first time they try it 
Um, yeah. But there's really something to making different versions of it, I think is my point. You know, and I think you know, that's no, no, but I like that because I, 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 I absolutely key in with that, especially when I'm making something I've never made before. I yeah. will follow the recipe almost to the T unless I look at the yeah. recipe. I'm like, well, this gave me 90% of it, but I don't think I'm going to love it this way. And then I might alter it for the first time, but basically yeah. I'll make it the way the recipe says, take it in. And then I'll just make notes like, no, oh, you know, could have used a little more acid could have had, you know, yeah. something a little touch of spice or something. Right. And then, and yeah, then we'll run with it. Then, then you get creative. Sure. And I think that's the way to do it. I do actually. Um, <clears throat> and now I'm excited because I know that uh, we are, a, a group of us are going to get together tomorrow night for our book club. Book club. Uh, and we're going to be here at my house for book club. Mm -hmm. And uh, rather than a standard cheese and crackers spread, mm -hmm. I'm going to make paella for us. Dun, dun, dun. Um, dun, dun, dun. So now I'm actually excited to go to the grocery store and, and just sort of forage for the kinds of ingredients. I've made it enough times now. I mean, yeah. you know, we're going to have arborio rice. We're going to have... Um, Saffron, we're going to have, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, you know, like, what kind of sausage will I find? What kind of, you know, what kind of peppers will I find? Is there a, a maybe a little Southwest influence that I want to bring in? Uh, maybe pitch the um, the red bell peppers out and bring in some some anchos or Anaheim peppers yeah. that might bring a little flavor a little, in. A little taco know. seasoning, something. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> You just make ta <laughs> taco by now hand. I'm hungry too. Now I want tacos. <laughs> um, just as a side note, uh, while uh, while you were enlightening us to to all the great things you were saying, and I was listening, um, I did I did uh, use my good friend Google uh, to oh, find out Google. that uh, where does saffron come from? Uh, the spice originates from a flower called Crocus sativus, commonly known as the saffron crocus. Uh, believed that saffron originated and was first cultivated in Greece, but today the spice is. Primarily grown in Iran, Greece, Morocco, and India. Very, very cool. Okay. That's where saffron comes from. Yeah. It's and, a beautiful uh, flower. It's a beautiful flower. Oh, I want to see that too. We'll have to post that when we post this uh, this link. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So, this was uh, that was our saffron experience. Um, and we'll get to actually bring it to life. Not yeah. saffron. That was our, our paella experience. Paella experience. Or saffron is to be translation of paella. Is there? Do you think there's a direct translation of paella? Does um, the Google know? I don't know. Let's see. Google, what do you say? It seems uh, we can't both be quiet while we do this. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> somebody has an audio, <laughs> audio podcast. Yes, somebody has to. Keep yeah. Oh, that's um, right. Okay. Interesting. As I think about it now, and so we we talked about this on this podcast before. So we are both in Palm Springs, California, mm -hmm. right now. Um, we have both been uh, living part of our year in Seattle, Washington mm -hmm. uh, for the gorgeous summers and then part of our year in Palm Springs for the gorgeous winters, which is all really right. And the only reason that's relevant is all of my uh, typical uh, paella making accoutrements are mm -hmm. in a pod in storage near where my Seattle house used to be. Mm. Which means I don't have the typical pans oh. and, and ingredients that I would have here to make paella. And I will tell you with no hesitation whatsoever, that only adds to the excitement that I'm feeling right now to make this dish. Because it means <laughs> I'm either going to have to go and buy a new piece of cookware, which who doesn't love that? Um, mm -hmm. And or uh, we'll have to make do with what I have here in the house, which also who doesn't love that? So, Whole new adventure. Whole new adventure. Uh, yeah. According to uh, Google, 
Paella is a Valencian word that means frying pan, from which the dish. Oh, how funny! So paella pan is a is a uh, what's the word when you have not contradiction? It's redundant. That's the word. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. All right. Uh, Well, that's what we're going to make tomorrow, and so um, we will update this link with some photos and maybe some photos. I don't know. Yeah, if uh, if the result is that I burn down my entire house and therefore uh, our entire condo complex, then we'll provide <laughs> photos of that. Um, otherwise, we'll uh, provide photos of the, the food product itself. Photos, that's right. And then uh, and then anyone who uh, who who wants, and if you have a favorite paella recipe, send it our yes. way. Yeah, let us know. That's what we'd let like us know to know. You like to yeah, do. we'd love to see that. How do, how have you had it? Squid ink was the example that Jonathan, uh, that he and Andrea tried. What's a paella that you loved? Do you do you disagree with my point about seafood being too high maintenance yeah. um, or doing chicken in the oven. Uh, tell us about your paella experiences. Um, and if you make it or want to make it, tell us about that too. Yeah, share some pictures. Let us know. If you make a dessert yes. paella with gummy bears, I want to see it. What? What? All right. I think that <laughs> now has to happen. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. What else do we have to say about paella today or anything? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, I... Well, I don't know. So I am, uh, <clears throat> I'm getting choked up. Um, I, <laughs> it is an emotional time. For it is an emotional time. Uh, I, I, I tied paella, my experience with it, to some of the most wonderful times when I was younger and was mm. able to reintroduce those, like relive those, but also reapply them to, uh, to, to the new wonderful experiences that I've had uh, just just over the past couple of weeks with uh, with Andrea and with some new friends that we made on our trip and and I don't know I don't know for you if this happens but but I tend to when I go places and when we have like something that's that, that's a great meal that's what that's what nails it for me right that that yeah. that 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 brings it down um and uh and 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 anchors it with uh within my heart so um I can right now tell you exactly the paella we had and the restaurant that we had it in and the people that sat at our table. Um, because that's, I think, I think that's where my, my food memory lives and yes. sits. So I'm yes. looking forward to making that memory with you tomorrow. So we're going to have a whole that. new paella set we of memories. Are. Um, there is a paella dance. I don't know if anyone else knows it, but it's <laughs> the one I do. So you're going to get to see that tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like I need to learn the paella dance. One of the things I've noticed about you, my friend, Jonathan, uh, is the, your willingness to create, maybe that's the wrong word, your willingness to just engage fully in the life that you have in front of you. That you have memories of restaurants uh, with people and paella does not surprise me in the slightest because you are so much a embrace the world, let's make a new experience kind of person, uh, which I really like. I am similar mm-hmm. in that I get such great joy out of, I love cooking for people. I love I, uh, cooking is probably one of the most relaxing things that I do, whether I'm making something for myself, whether I'm baking a loaf of bread, as you know, I bake a lot of sourdough bread oh, um, or even better baking, not baking, cooking something uh, and preparing things for friends. So it's going to be really fun to get to make paya with you tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to it. Oh my gosh. Building community, one paya pan at a time. Wow. There it is. I think that's the title of this of this episode. Except that paella pan is redundant. Oh, there? I did it! I already did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nail it. 
I think we're about at the end of our time. I think we're out of time. Uh, Listeners, thank you for uh, waiting patiently as we uh, went abroad and across the United States and all over to bring you all this information today. Uh, We will be back on track with our regularly scheduled programming and and drops uh, for you. So you shouldn't see a break uh, uh, coming up. Yeah, I think we're going to be back on track. Another thing, uh, if you are listening to this and you are not in the room with Jonathan and I, and Grace, I think that's just the two of us. Um, If there's something you want to hear us talk about, we love hearing Mm. about that. If you've gone through our episodes, you may remember that there's an episode about forgiveness and redemption. That came from someone who said, I'd really like to hear you guys talk about forgiveness and redemption. And so we really cover the gamut from forgiveness and redemption to tuna salad and back again. So uh, if you have a topic you think is interesting for Tasty Gents, uh, we are open to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just let us know. Drop us a line. All right. Jonathan, this is fun as always. Greg, great to see you again. Thanks for thanks for hopping on and you making it happen. All right. I know. All right. Talk to you next you. time. Bye, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to Tasty Gents, a geeky Palm Springs to Seattle podcast. Okay. Q jingle. Q jingle. There it is.